Broadcasting from the small business capital of America. This is WIIFM Milwaukee. An idea coach station. This episode is a special edition recorded live in the Podcast Town studios at the Idea Collective Retreat for Small Business Owners. The Idea Collective community is the business family you choose to build your business. Small business doesn't have to be so hard. Learn more about our fast-growing and fun group at ideacoachmedia.com slash idea. Now, on with the show. So this is the inaugural episode of Ask Andy Anything. There we go. Very good alliteration. Triple A, but I ain't going to take care of your car. A-A-A. Triple A. But that's really close to A-A. Yeah. Which, hey, you know what? There's a place for everybody. <laughs> Sometimes you need people to talk to. Okay, I have tons of questions. If, right, if, go. if, if I'm going to use this time that we have together to pick your brain and to learn about business and entrepreneurship, I have questions for days. But before we do any of that, I wanted to send a shout out to the Idea Collective. Absolutely. Because it's awesome. Yep, we wouldn't be here without them. And Pat is awesome. That's correct. And all the above. So I want to start off with saying that you were one of my first handful i can't remember the exact number because it's been too many years and my memory's bad but like when i first started podcasting when i interviewed you i was still working my day job yep i had to take um some time off to go sit in my car mm-hmm. to do the interview yep so i, did, I didn't know that <laughs> that's, you, that, you, that's but, the idea that's correct i didn't know i i knew that you still had a job i knew it was like a thing you were doing and also we're just having a phone conversation. As far as I was concerned, I mean, it was a podcast, but we're just having a conversation. We had never met each other. You were a random guy that hit me up on LinkedIn or Facebook or something somewhere. I don't know. And I was like, yeah, I'll do a podcast. I thought it was somebody. Mm-hmm. First, pod, pod, first podcast I ever did. Yes. That was it. Like probably four and a half, five years and ago. And I will forever have that distinct <laughs> honor. Like <laughs> no correct. one can take that from me. That, that's correct. I was Andy Wines's first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> before TEDx, before keynoting, take before anything. TEDx. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I happen to know you're you're a third or a second generation? Fourth generation entrepreneur. Fourth generation Fourth. entrepreneur. That's all I know. So it's all you know. Yep. What are some of the, the things that stand out to you as you have grown up in, in this world as things that help people succeed at entrepreneuring? See, I just made a word up. You're, yeah, you're verbing the entrepreneurship, um, which is fine. I still can't spell it, so I won't be able to spell that one either. E before you. It's very well, at confusing. least you can say it. I know some entrepreneurs that can't say entrepreneur. Which is such a tough word. Well, the, he'll 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 remain nameless. But if he's listening, he knows who who he is. Here's the deal for for and I, I love the word entrepreneur because 20 years ago when I was in uh, high school, I took entrepreneurship 101, which is like the only um, AP elected class I took, and I got an A in it because I'm like this is this is this makes sense to me. But at the time, entrepreneurship meant you were unemployable. That's what it meant to me, because growing up in in the in the burbs, you know, Menominee Falls, it was college or bust. Those were your two choices. And then maybe you go to tech school if you're one of the weird kids that hangs out in the basement, or you join the military, and then everybody else is like, you just push push them to the side. And graduation rate and college placement were the only two levels of success in in Menominee Falls High School. And that wasn't me. I wasn't going to go to college, and I went. I just went into the work world. But I went into working for Best Buy and UPS, right? The the companies that will always hire an eighteen year old with some sense of himself. Um, and then I joined the military and I did that and I worked for small businesses, but all along the way, I always knew there was a better way of doing something. 
And I always thought of better ways of doing things. And I always challenged myself, the, the employer I worked for or the company I worked for, to do things better. And then eventually you realize, you know what? I'm just screaming against a wall that isn't my own. And that's probably the definition of entrepreneurship. You constantly want to improve your fighting position and you're willing to dig your own hole. The flip side, once you become an entrepreneur, for me, it's very simple to see people that will or will not succeed in entrepreneurship. Are you willing to do the hard work and the simple work all the time? Because if you're afraid of work, you can't be an entrepreneur. You have to love your craft. You have to be willing to sit in your car in a parking lot and 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 have a conversation with a guy on LinkedIn, or even with you. I remember the I think it was the first or second time you ever did a, a live podcast. It was at a random hotel in Waukesha on a Friday night, and it was raining. And I remember you I'm, make it, it sound so bad. It now. was ter- it was terrible because I don't I don't like necessarily going to networking events. It was like a Friday night. Networking mm-hmm. events never on a Friday night. <laughs> yep. And I remember leaving work. I get my ass kicked all week, and I'm like, okay, why am I going? I remember sitting in the park, sitting in that parking lot. Why am I going to this? It's one more networking event. Doesn't matter. But I walked in and I remember I had a great time. I met some of the, my favorite people. Uh, Candace was there. First time I met her, uh, Candace and um, uh, Derek. Derek Spears. I was like, I don't know why I want to call him. I always want to call him Darren. But Derek Spears, I met them. And they became like some of my favorite people. And I'm like, okay, that's what you do. Entrepreneurs do the hard work and the things they don't want to do, the uncomfortable stuff. Mm-hmm. And you do it and you do it so well that eventually you find someone else to do it for you. But you don't start by delegating. You don't start by pawning it off. So that's the difference. If your goal is to show up and have other people work for you and you're not going to get into and learn the craft, that's fine. Because you can be a business owner without being an entrepreneur. And a lot of people confuse those two things. I take the word entrepreneur very serious. I identify as an entrepreneur. I happen to own businesses. There's other people that are business owners that just want to business, they just want to do the business ownership piece. They don't want to get in the weeds. And that's fine. Go buy a franchise or go buy an existing business that you can follow in. But if you want to be a true entrepreneur, Dig in your own hole. You you do the hard work. Mm-hmm. And um, my, my thing is you do the hard work. You show up when you don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. You show up when you're tired. You show up when you're beat up. You mentioned digging your own hole. That has a lot of connotations to it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm curious to know what, so fourth generation, briefly tell me a little bit about those generations. That's fascinating to me. So, so on my father's side, we'll go down that lineage real quick. Two great grandfathers. One owned a farm. He was a farmer, uh-huh. right? And that passed on to my grandfather. My grand, my, my father grew up on a farm. So that's very logical. Family farm, Wisconsin, t- a, very atypical. Yep. But then on my dad's side, my mother's father, my other grandfather owned a scrapyard on the north side of Milwaukee on Richardson Capital for 20 years. So he used to serve Tower Automotive and he would he would haul steel and cardboard. For 20 years, he did that. If you look at his business model and his trucks, kind of looks like my business now 70 years later. It, it, it just, it, it's in my blood, right? I'm, I'm broke and I'm cheap and I grew up poor and I'm frugal. I don't, I don't care whatever fancy word you want to use. I want to maximize the value of things and people and places. So that's how I got into environmental consulting. How can I take something now that you consider to be garbage and maximize its value? So that's just in me. It's in my blood. But on the other side, then my mom, very white collar, grew up in Brookfield, went to Catholic school, like the whole nine yards. But her father was a dentist and he owned the dental practice in Butler. He didn't work for a big uh, you know, hospital conglomerate like we have now, or big dental businesses that are franchised or corporation. No, he was like, I'm going to be the, the dentist in town. And he did it. So when you combine the very blue collar mindset with the white collar mindset and, and know that you still have to show up, you still have to put in the work, and then you can enjoy the fruits of your labor. So that's the lineage I came from. My parents always had a side hustle. Eventually, my dad got fired from his job. 
in the early 90s was like, I'm never going to go back to work for somebody because my dad's not employable. I wouldn't have him as an employee. He's a terrible employee because <laughs> he does what he wants every day. But he always made more money than he spent. Mm-hmm. And 30 years later, he's still in business. I can't knock him for it. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the, the your favorite parts of entrepreneurship? We, we hear about a lot of the challenges, how it's hard and all that stuff. But what are some of the good things about being an entrepreneur, tr- digging your own hole? I answered a no one. I, I haven't had a job in four, five years. Right. So I'm still in the Army Reserve. So I still have an employer that I have to report to. I hate reporting. I hate the fact that I have to shave. I have to get a haircut. I have to wear the uniform and I have to do what they tell me to do. But you still get to wear your camel pants. I get to wear camel pants <laughs> when I do. But, but when I come to when I come to work, I love work. Right. And work and job are two very different words. I love work and I get to choose every day what I do. Now, sometimes those 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 choices are laid out because I have a greater goal in mind. If I want to grow my business, I have to go to networking events, which I might not love doing, and I have to put a smile on my face, which I might not love doing. But once I go to the networking event and put the smile on my face, I'm like, yep, here I am. Let's go. And then you make the most of it. That That is the opportunity you have. You have to challenge yourself. If you don't have the discipline to get out of your bed and go do the things that are uncomfortable, things you don't want to do, then don't bother being an entrepreneur. Go get yourself a job, and there's nothing wrong with that. The challenge I see right now is, and it's been the last three, four, maybe five years, LinkedIn, Instagram, now TikTok, everybody thinks that they're special, right? Don't be special. Do something special, serve other people, and then let other people determine if you're special or not. I don't think I'm special. I offer products and services for people, and I do that in a way that is different than others, and I'm still in business. But if you go out and tell people, I'm the best thing. Mm-hmm. Now, business um, and, and life really are really simple. We, we tend to complicate it. Yep. Talk about that a little bit. There's a difference between the word simple and easy. Yes. People want to take the easy route, not the simple route. Yes. If you have two, if you, everything in the world is A or B, left or right, true or false, whatever, right? Red or blue, whatever. There's always a choice. You know deep down in your heart, which is the right choice. It is simple. Right? That's what I should do. Should I hit my snooze or should I get up? Yes. You should get up. Yes. Should I Should I get right on this email that's uncomfortable or, or I should? There's times even now where I get a bill or I'm like, oh, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to look at that bill. Mm-hmm. Look at the bill. Pay the bill. Move on with life. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know the right answer and it's simple because mm-hmm. what is it you don't want to do? That's probably the thing you should do. Mm-hmm. But people want to take the easy route. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to keep doing the things that are easy and easy and easy and easy. Well, then. You're not really getting anywhere. You're just going down a track that you want to go down. And maybe you get lucky and it works out, but not. Simple consistency. If you are, if you do the simple thing and the consistent thing, mm-hmm. you will be successful. Now, what are some of the ways that over the years, because um, this isn't your first rodeo in terms of business, how do you successfully, because ultimately entrepreneurship is about really one thing, solving problems. Yeah. What did, do you have a methodology for identifying and then filling the need of those problems or, or, or is it more organic for you? No, I, 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 I had a business last year that failed because I was in the business of convincing people they had a problem and I had a solution. You got to go out and solve a problem that people have. Mm-hmm. And once you find the problem that people have, then you apply the solution and you communicate it effectively and you solve the problem. But if you start with, I have to tell you, I have to convince you, you have a problem. That's where you go wrong. Mm-hmm. My, my background is in consulting. I'm in the business of consulting, not convincing. I want you to come to me with your problem and I will consult you through it. Yeah. And then there's a product or service that you will buy from me. Mm-hmm. No one pays for my opinion. Mm-hmm. You have to solve a problem. And in every business, you are solving a problem. If you don't know, in only one problem, if you don't know the one problem you're solving, 
you, you don't have a clearly defined business. Now, sorry to interrupt, but that is a very, very sage point because entrepreneurs, business owners, a lot of times want to do a lot of different things. Yeah. How do you focus I don't. on, on I the struggle. one problem? I, I struggle. And, and that's where I struggle because I, I love the, the, the constant, there's another problem, there's another problem. So the problem I solve now is one of the biggest pain points I see with entrepreneurs is they want to do this. They want to do the tactical thing. Like, I'll take your business, for example, right? You are in the business of putting podcasts together for people. You're teaching them how to do it. You're marketing them. You're recording them. You're editing. That's what you want to do. You might not want to do customer acquisition or business development or brand development, right? You might not want to market your own company, right? And then the back end, you don't want to do key performance indicators and accounting and tax prep. You don't want to do these two things. These things suck. We don't get into business to do these things. You do. You get into business to do these things, that entrepreneurial thing. So I live here. I live in the bookends, right? I'm rocking my Rage Room shirt right now. Rage Room MKE. I am going out right now and I am promoting this brand because it's one of my brands. I'm not there this weekend smashing stuff, smashing stuff, getting excited, listening to loud music and you know, watching a bunch of white women break shit during a divorce party, right? That's a lot of fun. That's the, this stuff. But what am I doing? I'm out here doing the business development. Mm-hmm. I'm networking with people. Mm-hmm. I'm driving sales. And then once the sales come in, I'm looking at the data. I'm analyzing. I look at the key performance indicators. I'm looking at the accounting. I'm using this data to make the decisions that redrive the marketing and sales. So then the guys that run the rage room can do this mm-hmm. because that's where he's good. Mm-hmm. So this is the problem I solve. Mm-hmm. As a consultant, I work on the front end and back end. I see a lot of other consultants that work on the front end or the back end, but not both. And this leads to this. Mm-hmm. If you understand the back end part, if you understand your numbers, that will support your decisions. We will support the arguments that we'll make here in how we spend our dollars. Mm-hmm. So I will give you dollars, right? If I give you $10 here in marketing, sales, whatever the thing is, mm-hmm. after we run through the funnel, which is the entrepreneurial function, the problem we solve, we we solve stress and anger and all this other stuff, right? With a rage room and entertainment. I, I want those $10 to come back and bring friends, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I want that $10 to be $20. Yes. And now that I have $20, I will decide who gets those dollars. And I, we will do it collectively. And I lead those conversations. And one of the ways I do that is not being involved in this. Mm-hmm. I don't know the first thing about the rage room, how to run it day to day. Cause I've never, I've did it once and now they run it so much better than I do. Mm-hmm. So I don't get involved in this Yeah, where entrepreneurs struggle when that delegation piece is they're like, I can do this better than anybody. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. You'll never do more than this. They're, they're so accustomed to doing the thing. Yeah. The, one of the books that changed my life in terms of my mindset was the, the E-Myth revisited, uh, okay, yeah. Garber. Yep. Um, and it, it just talks about the technician, the manager and the, yep. the entrepreneur. Um, and I think that that sounds like what, what you're describing where, you really have to be self-aware enough to know which one you are. Absolutely. And when you figure that out, double down, triple down I, I, on that. I'm not, I'm not a good team player, right? I'll look right now. I am not a good teammate. Not a good teammate. I'm not even a great coach. I'm a hell of a general manager, though. Mm-hmm. Right? So who do I need? I need I need team members. I need a team captain. I need a coach because I can be the general manager of, of the business. I don't care. I Right? So when the guys are out celebrating on the field, I can – be sitting back in my office counting counting the numbers, right? I watched Moneyball the other day randomly. That's right, Brad Pitt's character. That's where I'm at. I don't need to watch the game. If I did my job, I set the coach up for success. They will get more runs than the other team. We will win more games than not. And at the end of the year, I will say this is how many wins we had against the dollars we spent. Mm-hmm. And the numbers will and the numbers work out. They will tell the story. They will tell the story. That's it. I don't. I, I said this to someone yesterday. I hate 
for me, I, I'm an operations guy going back to it. Mm -hmm. I hate creativity. Yeah. I don't do creative. I tell people all the time, I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> My job is not to think. My job is to ask questions, obtain information, mm -hmm. and then make decisions based off that information. If we make the wrong decision, now we have to go back. Okay, what questions, what information do we have? And did we ask the right questions? Mm -hmm. And then we go back, let's ask the right questions. Because if I'm just like, well, I think this will work. Let's go ask some questions. Mm -hmm. Let's ask questions, get information, and then make a decision. And then also understand the OODA loop. I love the OODA loop. It's a military thing. OODA loop? OODA loop. OODA loop. The OODA, OODA loop. It's the reason why uh, we won the, the air war in the South Pacific in World War II. The Japanese had better pilots than us. They had better planes than us. They had more planes than us. They had more territory. They had everything going for them. The thing that they didn't have was a better mindset than us. Hmm. So the OODA loop. Observe, orient, decide, act. That's it. Observe, orient, decide, act. The plane's there. I'm observing them. I'm going to orient myself to the plane. Oh, there it goes. I'm going to decide. I'm going after him. And then I'm going to act. Oh, he moved. Now I have to reorient. Go back to orient, right? So it's observe, orient, decide, act. And that's what you have to do as a business leader. How many times do we just sit on decisions? Well, you got to do something. You got to do one of four things. Observe, collect information. Orient, re reassess where we are. Decide, and then act on the decision. And here's the thing. Once you act, whether you are right or wrong will make itself very apparent. That's it. Observe, orient, decide, act. Don't get stuck in one of the four. And those are the only four phases you have to do in the decision-making matrix. So we talked about um, entrepreneurship mindset. We talked about how to find problems, solve problems. And we just talked a little bit about execution. I've, you know, followed you for a little while now. I've some, seen some of the businesses that you've run. You stand out. How do you stand out? I show up, I, well, I just, we were just down there. I'm wearing camel pants, right? I wear camel pants. I got a t-shirt on and I'm, I got tattoos. For the last five and a half, some years, I'm the tall guy with camel pants. And I changed my hat. I changed my shirt. I'm still the tall guy in camel pants. I'm six foot four. I'm unapologetic. That's it. Own it. I, I, saw, I saw a meme the other day. It was talking about um, birds. And it said, when a bird is in trouble, and I think most animals in the animal kingdom, when they are in trouble, they don't go down quietly. They get loud. Why? Because those that support them, their allies will come to their aid. The enemy already knows where they're at because that's why they're in trouble. They wouldn't yell out if they were being attacked. If I'm going to show up, if I'm going to piss people off, I want to piss them off when I walk in the door. Because there's, everything in this world breaks down to three. And one of the th three things that happens when it comes to how we are as humans, right, is sometimes always never. I can walk into a room and I know there are some people that are going to love me no matter what. They're like, I got to talk to that guy. He looks interesting. And then there's a group of people that are going to be the never people. I will never talk to him because I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't want it. I don't like whatever. And you win in the sometimes people. Mm. And the way you win over the sometimes people is by being genuine and honest and unapologetic and being in love in your craft. Mm -hmm. I don't have to love podcasts. I can hate podcasts. But if I love the fact that you love podcasts, now we got something. Mm-hmm. I I, my, I grew up in the waste removal industry, medical waste and recycling and landfills. You might not like that, care about that, but you love the passion somebody else has. Mm -hmm. I, in, in, in my military world, I'm a master resiliency teacher, and, I, and I've learned and I teach soldiers how to celebrate with others. And you don't want to be a cheerleader like, hey, LZ, good job on podcasting. I'm proud of you, right? We all do it as cheerleaders. No. What is it about podcasts that you love? Mm -hmm. Because if you tell me what you love about podcasting, I guarantee you I can find something there that I love just that much. And now we are in love with this thing that we're in love with. I love watching others succeed, mm -hmm. being themselves, being authentic. So I show up as that person and those people that are attracted to that 
come to me. And the people that don't like that, they're already dead to me. Mm -hmm. They weren't my customers when I walked in. They're not my customers when I walk out and I lost nothing. Mm -hmm. That's how you stand out. So, Everybody can do that. Yes. So I, the idea collective, Yep. we're here um, because of that 100%. For, for obvious reasons. Why, why is it important for um, entrepreneurs to have community? Because we're on an island, right? I want mean, to say we're on an island. We are on a mountaintop. Let's think about our business, right? Here we are. We are at the pinnacle within our own business. We're at the top. It is lonely up there. Nobody else on the mountain can see what we see. They don't understand the vision we have, the strategy we have, why we make decisions the way we have. But from the mountaintop, we can look across the horizon, look through the fog and the clouds and the bullshit and find another mountaintop and holler out, hey, what is it out there? What are you seeing? How are you feeling? And all of a sudden you look across and there's other mountaintops and they can see things that you can't see because you haven't been there yet. Because their mountaintop view is different than yours, but you are both coming from a similar perspective, at least here. We're both on the mountaintop. That's what the Idea Collective is all about. We are all in charge and in control of our businesses, whether we're solopreneurs, presidents, CEOs, or, or we own a book of business, right? We control our destiny, and the Idea Collective is for us to say, okay, hold on. Check my business at my door. Check myself at my door. Come with ideas, but also the willingness to say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I need support and have someone respond back to you. That is what the Idea Collective is to me. Mm -hmm. Wow. So thank you for the free coaching. <laughs> <laughs> if folks want to reach out to you and, um, you know, just say hi and learn more about what you do, if they want to come and rage at the rage room, how do they reach out? 414-793-6253. That's the best. If you hit me up on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, whatever, I give people my number all the time. Because the ones that really are willing, they'll they'll make the call. Mm -hmm. They'll send you a text. Mm -hmm. I don't want some passive, hey, Andy, we ran into each other the thing. No, <laughs> that's BS, right? Can you find me at Andy fucking Wines on Instagram? You can. <laughs> Type in Andy fucking on Instagram. You'll find me. I don't check it. Just some pictures about who I thought I was at one point. Mm -hmm. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Right? Call me. Because here's the deal. Most people won't call. Mm -hmm. They won't text. It's simple. Remember, mm -hmm. let's go back to simple versus mm -hmm. easy. Mm -hmm. It's easy to like, comment, and share something on LinkedIn. Right. It is simpler to text the person you want to talk to. Mm -hmm. Pick up the damn phone, kick it old school, say, hey, let's go do the thing. Mm -hmm. That simple. Got it. Well, cool. Thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this special edition recorded live in the Podcast Town studios at the Idea Collective Retreat for Small Business Owners. Podcast Town is your complete podcasting solution to help you grow your show. Get help to launch, book, produce, monetize, and more. Podcast Town makes it easy. Just show up and perform. Learn more at podcasttown.net.